God's grace, his mercy, his peace are yours to our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Did you ever notice the hymns that are under the section of trust or commitment or faith have such a solemn melody? I really didn't see anybody smiling as you're singing this hymn. You're thinking of all the trials you face in life. But there's words like joy and the presence of God and he's going to give me strength. And the verses end with, with going to heaven and yet we sit so solemnly because of all the trials and the pitfalls along the way. God, give me wisdom. God, give me strength. And it leads us to the story of Abram. Today, as we look in that Old Testament lesson, we see that being from our perspective, being a disciple of the Lord comes at a cost. There are going to be things that, that get in the way. There are going to be things that challenge our faith. There's going to be things that we can't see that God is going to do. And he says, trust me in this. And, and so we go to the story of Abram and spend a few moments. And I think often when you hear this story, you think, okay, Abram, he was a wealthy guy. He left his house. He went down to Canaan because that's where he was going to give him the promised land. And we look through these 13 chapters about his life and we think that was really neat how God used him, right? But, but just think for a moment what God was challenging Abram to do. This is the second time Abram had to move. He was first Ur of the Chaldeans, moved his father and household way north of Babylon, up there to the north of where God would send him. And he lived there for years. His dad lived to be over 200, established himself and understand that in those days they didn't have money in accounts that you could just transfer a bank when you moved and you could go and withdraw and write checks in a matter of days. Their, their wealth was in cattle and land and, and having the, the herds and the flocks. That was how their wealth was established. Their house was in tents, nothing permanent as they moved around with the way they had to move their wealth around so there would be water and pasture. And now God comes to him and says, I need you to leave it all. It's like taking the family farm and saying, goodbye, I'm going on to pastures unknown and leave the family behind. That means no more birthday parties and, and no more extended family gatherings and reunions because I'm taking you to another place. Could you do that? Could you pack up and leave? I know we have done that. Many of us have moved. Many of you have been here your whole life. But, but to say goodbye to all the things familiar, the, the house that you've lived in for so long, and then to move away. And it wasn't as easy to go to Realtor.com and say, here's the house I'm moving to. Make a couple transfers and make sure you got two men in a truck showing up on your driveway to carry all your possessions to a new house, a new roof over your head. Those things are easy. It's a change of address. But to go now to a land with all this that God had given you and not know how there was going to be pasture and not know how you were going to be safe, and he's sending you to a place that's already populated by people, by people that won't be kind to you if you try to take that pasture land. And yet he says, go. Go. I'm calling you out of this and the thing you've dug into. I'm calling you away from any temptation to other gods. And I'm leading you by my promises and my purpose because I have a bigger calling for you. And that's where we cling to. The one thing Abraham did leave with was the firm promises of God. And, and this is how God articulated this to him. I am going to make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. You know how old Abram was when he left? Seventy-five. Now understand he led, lived another hundred years, but 
75 to go and completely change all that you knew, all the connections you had, all the family relations where you were quite comfortable to the unknown. And all you had was these promises of God and that first one, I'm going to make you into a great nation. There's something that Abram did not have. And it was a child. She was 65, he was 75, and, and around there, and they did not have an offspring, and yet God gave them this promise that they could not see. They did never held a baby in their own arms. They never had the one you could say, now you can carry on the family name. That was not a gift that God had given him. So that first promise was one that Abram had to take by faith. Later on, as God revisited, Sarah took that promise with a laugh, saying, it can't happen, not with me. It's, I'm too old. And yet they went forward in faith. It came at the cost of, of saying goodbye to family. It came at the cost of maybe even being prosperous because how can you be prosperous with herds and sheep when you're going to a place where you don't even know where they're going to pasture? And all you take with you is a nephew and a wife and a few of the servants that are there to lead the flocks and off God went. But isn't that really what the disciple of the Lord does? It takes, he takes, she takes, the words and promises of God as the worth? You see, faith is not so much about the journey, it's about the destination. If you want to get to the de destination, you've got to cling to the things that get you to the destination. And so often, we cling to the things along the way. And that's what, what the Lord was doing with Abraham, who may have just clung to family and clung to riches. He says, faith doesn't cling to family and finances. Faith clings to things perhaps unknown or unexperienced or unseen. Faith clings to what the Lord will do. Faith clings to what the Lord promises to be doing. And so Abram went, and there along the way he saw the land had been populated by the Canaanites. He's trying to find a place to go. And so God comes to him at this time of unknown because he didn't have his hometown that he was moving to or the new destination, new place of work. And so he went and ahead of maybe where all his possessions were and looked around and the Lord came to him and said, this is all going to be given to, to my people. And I'm going to make them into a great nation. He said to this, he said, to your offspring I will give this land. Notice the problem. Abram had no offspring. And yet God comes to him with this firm promise that through you I'm going to accomplish this. And the reaction of Abram is worship. He built an altar to the Lord there at Shechem, this place that was known to have um, the worship of, of natural gods, of pagan gods. He set up an altar to the true God, and there he worshipped. And finally, as he's made his way further south, where maybe the land was a little higher and not as, as, it was a little bit more arid, not as populated, he found a place to settle between Bethel and Ai, and there he, he spent some time until he had to move further south. But when he planted his tent there, what did he do? He worshipped the Lord. So, so what do we learn from this? Isn't that kind of like our life too? I think it's easy to, to cling and to focus on things along the way that are blessings from God, to be sure. But we don't put our faith in family. As precious as family is, the gifts of God, life, and the joys, and, and the like, but the family, the family isn't what is taking you to the promised land. That's, that's not what we cling to, right? 
Our faith is not in finances and prosperity. God may bless and may give you these things, but finally, these are blessings along the way. You don't put your faith in finances. No, as a disciple of the Lord, you put your faith in the Lord, no matter the cost. You see, I would like to do this just for a second. I'd like to fast forward to heaven while we're there and maybe meeting his new name, Abraham, talking to him. And, and I'd like to ask him some questions because I read through the 13 chapters about his life here and say, Abram, Abraham, what was it like and to, to leave your family like that? What was it like to have the promise of God that he's going to bless you and make you into a great nation and you hadn't even had a child and then, then you had to wait 25 years beyond when you left before God put a child in your hands, your triple digits, when you finally held your very first child in your own hands. And all the trials and temptations and things along the way. And then when God said, I want you to sacrifice that young little boy, sacrifice him to me, this is the one who the promise was clinging to, and yet God wants me to sacrifice. And then Sarah to die before she ever got to see the one that son would marry to start the next generation. She went to be with the Lord. All these things that we cling to and think are so important, and they are blessings from God. But finally, maybe, what would Abraham say? Those were all things that were necessary along the way because I have maybe would have put too much of my focus in my stuff. So God challenged me so that I would always know that the things I have come from him. Maybe I would spend way too much time on this child because I knew that this was the promise and it seemed so good, but my faith and my attention and everything would go to that rather than to the one who's giving me the blessings and leading me to the promised land. And, and I needed faith in the Lord to see that many of the things that came of my life, I didn't get to see with my own eyes. They were blessings that God fulfilled through others and by others along the way. And I'm going to reread the blessings of God, and I want you to see yourself in these. These are the blessings that, that Abraham was clinging to. He said, God said, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and... Whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. God gives us these blessings so we can see his track record. That Was Abraham made into a great nation? Absolutely. It took a couple generations before the family tree branched and made it into a much, much bigger setting to, to raise a nation. It took captivity in Egypt and leading him finally back to that land and conquering peoples to finally this nation would be the cradle for the Savior. Did God do what he promised? Absolutely. Is, is his name great? Let me ask you, if, if you were to come in this morning and I were to say, do you know who Abraham is? I bet you all of you would know. Even the youngest children from Sunday school would say, yeah, I know what Abraham. Isn't he one of those guys way back then that God used? To... We know Abraham. And if you were to ask the Jews, the modern-day Jew who Abraham was, they would say the father of, our, of, of all. And you'd walk, in Islam, they trace their ancestry back to Abraham. Did God make Abraham's name great? Sure. Did Abraham experience that in his lifetime? I don't, I don't think so. Maybe he knew his name was great, but you see how God, one after another, the challenges that Abram faced, God gave him victory. The ones that Abraham cursed, God made sure that they would be driven out and that nothing happened to his plan of salvation. But here's where you are. That Abram would be a blessing to all nations. 
You see, through that family line, as slender as it was, God eventually delivered the Savior. That was the whole point. Without the Savior, there's no reaching the destination. Abram had to trust in things yet to be done. We get to trust in things that are already accomplished. We get to see God's track record from the promise to the fulfillment to today. God finally did send the one who would redeem his people. God did finally send his own son to be the one that would take care of the problem of sin, the separation from God. He died as a sacrifice, that sacrifice given as as the one-time sacrifice for all. And all who cling and trust in him above all things will reach the destination. One thing I think we also can learn from this section is along the way, God comes with promises and assurances when faith is struggling. When Abram couldn't see where he was to go and how this was going to be, God came to him personally reminded him again that through your offspring, all this will be given to you. Doesn't God do the same to us? And then when Abram heard these promises, his heart couldn't help but respond and worship. And isn't that what our life is too? Even today, you come here and God comes to you personally with his word. And I pray the words offered here and and the words read moments ago, the songs that are sung, touch your heart where it needs to be touched because in this life, faith will struggle with, with sorrow and worries and fears and a focus on things that don't bless faith. And God leads us back to his firm promises. In a few moments, you'll have an opportunity too where God's going to come to you and feed you with himself and say, here's the promise fulfilled. All that is wrong, I have made right. And all that you face, I will give you strength too. I give you wisdom to understand things that you can only experience right now in part. But I'm leading you to the place, the promised land, where you experience all these things in full. It's, it's no different. It's no different than Abram, our life. God challenges us. And maybe some of these blessings too, can they be the way that we live our life? Understanding that, that it's not just about our immediate family, but can we be blessings beyond our immediate family? And it's not just about finances, but does faith lead us to realize we can use these things beyond to do things, to do things beyond what, what we in our mind can see what we and our hands get to experience, God may be using us in grander ways than we think. God may bless generation upon generation after us as he's leading all his people home. But finally it comes down to this. We can trust God and his promises. That he is with you. That you are his chosen that, that Jesus is your Savior, that all has been taken away that separates you from God. That no matter what you experience in life, no matter the cost you have to pay, being a disciple in Jesus is a cost worth paying because the real cost was paid by Christ. And may God ever lead you as he led Abram to the promised land. And when your faith is focused on the Lord, getting to the promised land is guaranteed. Amen.